0: On this edition of the Deseret News Union Insiders podcast, we look back on the border war with Idaho State and ahead to Utah's Pac Twelve Opener at USC. That and more on the Deseret News Union Insiders Podcast, sponsored by Mr. Mack.
1: This is Josh Furlong from KSL.com, an AP Top 25 voter, and you are listening to the Deseret News Ute Insider Podcast.
0: Welcome to the Deseret News Ute Insiders Podcast. I'm Dirk Facer of the Deseret News, along with my colleagues Mike Sorensen and Jody Genesee. Guys, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here.
0: Hey, the Utes go 3-0 and in non-conference play. You got the Pac-12 opener with USC this week. Uh, Mike, what impressed you most about the Utes in those three... Harrowing games they had (laughs) in the non-conference slate
2: you know, just their consistency on the most. I mean, I guess it was kind of inconsistent from half to half, but over on the whole, you look at it, they had a, a pretty strong defense. The offense uh, got better each game, I think, and got was probably their best in the last game against an inferior opponent, of course. But, um, you know, just that they could, didn't have any injuries and they just kind of kept things like they should, and I think they're they're where they want to be and they uh, should go
0: from here. Jody, uh, Tyler Huntley's been very accurate with his passing. Uh, it hasn't been sacked yet, and the offense has turned the ball over just once. Is that Kind of the big storyline is how well Utah's taking care of the football.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely. Th- I mean, you're going to win more football games than not if you win that uh, turnover battle, and the Utes have traditionally done really well at that. And I think that Tyler is right along the lines of, of where they'd like to be. You know, he's not uh, losing yardage on sacks. He's he's managing the game well. We saw him put the air in the under the football a couple times uh, on Saturday, which was fun. But they're also getting Zach Moss. He did, he had a very limited, uh, very few touches. Uh, I think was 10 on Saturday, so it got a lot of, he was very efficient in his outing. I, I like what I saw. I mean, Saturday was, you know, they just they did what you thought they were going to do, but overall in the preseason, I, I liked where their offense was. I think they still have a lot of room to grow, but I think they could have some confidence going into the Pac-12 play.
0: Mike, you've seen uh, Tyler play for a couple of years now. What have you noticed uh, in his development? Is it that he's bigger, stronger, and faster than he was, or he's obviously making uh, good decisions and he's judicious about when he's running with the football. And he managed to loot a couple sacks. Uh, I think
2: it's mostly just his self, just the control he has, you know. I think in past years sometimes he would. In the first game, he kind of did look like he kind of panicked at times. He got the quick feet, but he's in control. He's not to running when he doesn't have to. He waits. He's more patient. Waits in the pocket a little more, and then he, uh, you know. It, he does not had to throw the ball away very much so far, but I just think he's a little under, under more control and is able to uh, use his feet when he needs to and then just uh, not throw any dumb passes.
0: Jody, any concerns you saw from the Utes? I think going into the Idaho State game, it was maybe that the, the, both the offense and the defense didn't come out of the gates as quick as maybe people would hope, but uh, any concerns going into this SC game?
1: Uh, I mean, I, th- I I don't think they I, they are a number 10 team. I think they, at times, definitely look like a top 10 team, but I still would have liked to see them get more receivers involved. We Did see Britton Covey get, I believe, four receptions the other day, and he, you know, he had a a couple of times where he looked like his old self, but he's quite not quite there yet. I want to see a little bit more explosiveness and uh, versatility in the offense still, even though they kind of showed some on Saturday against Idaho State, but that was against an FCS team, so it's hard to compare that to what is going to happen in Pac-12 play. That's that's my big question mark going in is how effective will Tyler Huntley be able to get more receivers and Zach Moss involved?
2: Well, you know, I, it's strange to say this. The, the O-line hasn't given up a sack all year, but that's still one of my biggest concerns is because they uh, they seem to, uh, you know, the, the short yard situations, they had a couple against Northern Illinois where they couldn't do it, and then they, they're a little shaky against Idaho State. And you think, so when it gets to be third and two or third and one, you kind of don't have much confidence they're going to do it. And you say, well, what, Zach Moss is doing great, but then he's bro- broken, seemed like a ton of tackles. So it's not yeah. like he's not getting hit. So I still think the O-line, but they should be short up this week. They got two guys coming back. Have been injured, and so that might help them. But they got to be a little more solid on the o line, I think, going forward.
1: Man, Zach speed and break, breaking tackles—he is fun to watch. That, oh, he yeah. starts the game off with a 38-yard run, and then had that nice 39-yard run that just came so close to the end zone. He just—he combines that power with the speed and. I, I, I bet NFL scouts are just salivating at this kid. He just
2: knocks guys over.
1: Right. It's amazing.
0: Well, guys, uh, let's jump ahead and talk about explosive plays and Brian Thompson. I know uh, Mike Sorensen, you're doing a story on him. It's going to be in the paper this week, and we'll check yeah, it out. Yeah, I just
2: got it done. So, yeah, it should be uh, online soon and on the paper tomorrow. But uh, Did GL hey.
1: stop the presses?
2: Uh, not yet. So okay. You can do that for me. He's too fast. <laughs> But he's a, you know, he's a quiet kid, you know, but once you get him talking, he was, he would talk, he talked for several minutes with me yesterday and he's excited. He, I didn't know this, he grew up five minutes away from the Coliseum. You mm-hmm. know, he, he he went to high school an hour away, but he grew up in Inglewood five minutes away and his brother played for USC. So he used to go to games as a kid and his brother played back when, back in the Reggie Bush era in about 2006, 2007. So, you know, but it's funny, he didn't really, uh, he said, yeah, it'll be fun going back, but he wasn't like doing cartwheels about it, you know, I think he's excited All to right. go, but it's, you know, he's trying to have that mentality. Of, oh, it's you know another game. We got to take care of business, but I'm sure he will be happy to have his you know his mother and grandmother and a few other people there.
0: I was impressed after the game the other day uh, when he you know people were talking about his 82 yard reception and the other you know touchdown he scored, and he kept bringing it back. Didn't really want to talk about himself. Wanted to talk about the team. Kind of a team guy he's a weapon that we heard about in camp that they were excited to have him healthy this year and, and out there. Did they unwrap him, or is he, uh, is he a guy that you think maybe will just get better and better and have more contributions as the season goes on?
2: Well, you know, he, he was injured most of last year. You know, he came as a freshman, played as a true freshman, started a game against Stanford, and he had played in several games, That played in every game that year, but he only had four or five catches all year, so he didn't use him a lot. Last year he came in and he was uh, he got injured and hardly played, and so, you know, he said that, that his injuries have just kind of set him back, but this year he said he's 100% now. You know, the kid's tall, he's 6'2", 205, and he's he's fast. He got behind the secondary. He's a, He was a track man in high school growing up, so um, he's fast, has good hands, so I think he's he does have the whole package, and they just need to, it gives him one more weapon, you know, because we know about Covey and some other guys, Simpkins, but Thompson's a, kind of a different receiver, a tall, lanky guy that might get him some, and fast, too.
0: Hey, before we continue talking about this, just a reminder that the Desire News Youth Insiders podcast is sponsored by the Good folks at Mr. Mac. We appreciate their sponsorship and uh, get a chance to stop at a Mr. Mac store and pick up a suit or two. Uh, we encourage you to do so. We'd like our, our listeners to dress well, don't we, Jody? <laughs> yes, we do. Ties are mandatory. We should mandatory probably start dressing well ourselves. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> But but
1: thanks to Mr. Mack's prices, we even we sports writers can afford to, to dress sharply.
0: Yes, they have a special going on right now for $299. You can buy a suit. And you can get a second one for just a dollar. That's not a bad deal, especially if you're on that dollar side. So, once again, podcast sponsored by Mr. Mack, and we thank those guys and encourage you to visit one of their stores. Jumping back into this thing, Jody, Southern California has always been a recruiting hotbed for the Utes. They've always done well there. How big a deal do you think it is? When they go and play at USC at UCLA, it's more than just a football game, isn't it? It's a recruiting thing.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, and Thompson's like one of the you know reasons why these a lot of these guys probably in that area grew up obviously looking at USC and and maybe even UCLA or some other bigger name schools. And this every time they get to go down there, it just it just gives them an opportunity to show uh, that portion of the world that hey Utah's is a, a legit football team. Uh, we do some exciting things here. We're a power team, but we also uh, have an explosive offense, a great defense, so I think it's a good opportunity for the Utes to put themselves on the map there with those local kids.
0: Mike, they, they obviously, players from down there want to play well. I, I think back to Troy Williams and that two-point conversion attempt last time the Utes played in the Coliseum, and there was a local guy stepped on the stage and wasn't afraid to, to go for it got stopped short, but uh, it is a big deal to these Southern California kids to play down there, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and you figure that most of the guys, I mean, you know, Kyle Whittingham talked about how most of their players come within a 30-mile radius of, of their campus, and uh, I'm sure that, you know, I, I looked it up, almost a fifth of the Utah team is from Southern California. There's 10 guys from L.A., 10 guys from the outskirts of L.A. going down to San Diego. So they have about 20 guys from the Southern California area, and I bet not more than one or two of them were recruited by USC. Right. So to them, it's a big deal we're going to go down there, and it's that same old thing about chip on your shoulder. Uh, they might go down there and say, yeah, we're going to show you guys what you're missing, and they're, we're pretty good up here at Utah.
0: I remember a few years ago, a, a young fellow from Southern California named Eric Weddle, uh, and we were talking to him the first day of uh, camp at Utah, and he had a chip on his shoulder because USC and UCLA said he wasn't big enough. Whatever to happened to that there. guy anyway? And I think he turned out He's okay. He's
1: an ice cream uh, connoisseur now. Cream, yeah. yeah,
0: but you know, it's interesting. <laughs> does like a
1: Sunday after every win? There, There's a reason I said that. There's, well, I
0: have the same thing when the Seahawks win, so I have I do ice that, cream every yeah, Sunday. Well,
1: let's not talk about Seahawks okay. wins. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, my Steelers. But no, that I just remember that you know he had a tremendous chip on his shoulder because he wanted to show those guys mm-hmm. that he could play. And I know that recruiting's changed a little bit with Utah being in the Pac-12 since then and that. But I still think it's a big deal for these kids to go home and play in front of family and friends, and and they want to show well. And I think they also want to show the Trojans what they may have missed or or what they uh, got at recruited by Utah. On. Yeah, and
2: they got guys like Nick Ford who starts on the offensive line. He grew up just pretty close to the. USC and Jordan Wilmore grew up in LA, so they got a lot of players that are going to be playing that uh, grew up in that area.
0: And let not forget Coach Whittingham has some ties there. You know, his dad used to play for the Rams and that, and coach yes, of the I Rams. Know, yeah, had some memories of the Coliseum and that. Guys, the Pac-12, the much maligned Pac-12. Jody six teams in the top 25 is the pack back um
1: I I, I TBD is <laughs> still early in the season I think we've seen some some good performances by the pac 12 but USC's loss at BYU is a little bit eye-opening you know I mean that was BYU looks like they played well at Tennessee which is obviously struggling and, and Utah really took care of, of BYU so I thought that was kind of a not a great showing for the pack 12 but yeah they have a lot of teams that are good but do they have a team that's great? And I think that's when, when you're thinking of a... A powerhouse conference—that's what you want. You don't want just a bunch of good to mediocre teams. You need one or two or three great teams. And uh, Utah has the potential, or, or Oregon. I mean, USC has shown some glimpses, but I don't—I'm not ready to say the Pac-12 is back yet.
0: No, I mean you got a team like UCLA that, even though the investment they made in Chip Kelly has yet to pay off in any way, shape, or form, and that. But Mike, uh, is that what the difference is? I mean, there's no Clemson, there's no Alabama, there's no Georgia. No Ohio State. There's no elite teams, or is there, in the Pac-12?
2: Well, it's just, uh, you know, it's, it is a little deceiving. I, I put that in a, my column for the guest guy in today's paper, but there's, you know, the Pac-12 has as many ranked teams as any team in the country. Six. Same as the SEC. The big difference is the SEC has five teams in the top ten. right? And the, and the uh, Pac-12 has one in Utah. And if you look at the Pac-12, they have the number 15, 18, 22, 23, 24. So, you can say they have a lot of depth, and that's great, but like Jody was saying, you know, maybe that's, you have a lot of kind of teams in the middle you have good depth but you need a great team and Utah has the best potential this year because they're undefeated and Washington State would be the other Oregon has a loss they could be good but as far as breaking into that elite you know playoff-type team, Utah and Washington State, right at this point, have the best potential to do that.
0: Jody, do you think the Utes are carrying the banner for this league and will be the rest of the season? Obviously, they get Washington State in Salt Lake City, so in the pivotal head-to-head matchup with Wazoo, it's here. Is this Utah's to uh, to win or breakthrough?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'd like to answer that question after the Wazoo game. Uh, but right now, I'd have to say Utah has the best opportunity to carry the banner for the Pac-12. Uh, Utah's never been in a position like this before in the Pac-12 obviously we've talked about that several times Uh, but also the Utes have never been ranked this highly early in the season this early in the season so uh, they still are on track to have a special outcome even beyond and and above the uh, Rose Bowl which would be incredible by itself
0: Well, hey, guys, it's time for our favorite segment. Let's turn it over to Mr. Tom Barberi. I'm Tom Barberi, and it's time for Utah by 5.
1: This week on our Utah by 5, it's a little uh, all over the place, but uh, I I looked at the history of the Utes' rankings, and it's really interesting to see that they just have never been ranked this high this early. They've been in the top 10 several times, and so this is my number one in my Utah by 5. The last time they were ranked this high they were number three in 2015 and then they lost to U- USC. So this would be a good time for them to get that monkey off their back. It'd also be the first time. Another one of my points is that they haven't won in USC in, in the Coliseum ever. They've only won in Los Angeles once and that was at the beginning of the 20th century. So it's been over 102 years, I believe, since they last won. So this would, the history is calling here for the youths this weekend. Uh, we have a couple other th- things that were interesting over the weekend. Zach Moss had a terrific game. Didn't have too many carries, but he showed that, once again, that he's a terrific running back. I liked what he said in the, the locker room. I thought it was even more interesting than what happened on the, on the football field. Two quotes that stood out to me. We're going to go out there against USC and do what we've got to do to get that win and then just erase that 102 years. So the Utes know that they haven't won down there in a long time. So as we had talked about earlier, yeah, it's one thing to go there and show that uh, the recruits down there that you're a legit team. But for them to go down to the Coliseum and actually win, I think would be taking it to the next level and would be a terrific uh, boost for uh, recruiting and the Ute uh, season overall. Uh, Tyler Huntley, we talked about this earlier, but zero sacks this far, this deep into the season. Uh, I I thought that the best play of the game the other day was his escaping from, I'm not sure which uh, defender he, but his scramble, it it was almost like I'm not going to get sacked. He had some good passes, but his scramble to avoid getting. Sacked was really impressive to me, and I know that's important to him, and I like that. I still don't know if it's his escapability, if it's Utah's offensive line, or if it's just the opponents that they played so far that it has led to zero sacks. And I suppose it's a combination of all three. The fifth point, I I thought the most funny thing that happened this the last couple of days uh, in regards to the Utes was uh, Coach uh, Leach uh, up at Washington State, and his he was asked about uh, the the mascots and who would win between the Pac-12 mascots. It was hilarious. The response, He went through and, and gave a detailed breakdown of each mascot and its strengths and its weaknesses. And he's very high on the Utes, especially if it, he said it depends whether they have a bow and arrow or a gun, who would win in this battle. But uh, Coach Leach is, uh, you know, he he's <laughs> I know he's uh, fearful of the Utes on and off the field. So in this pretend fight, Mike Leach is a, an American treasure. So Got to love that. The Utes are 6 11 all time against USC. It's, it's, you know, they've, they've won half their games against them in the Pac 12. So this would be a good opportunity this weekend for them to get their first win in over a century at the Coliseum, but also to start uh, getting a couple more, at least one more win against this, uh, uh, cherished national treasure So, program. So there you go. That's my top five.
0: Jody, thank you. Jody puts together the Insiders newsletter every week in the Deseret News. Jody, it's a labor of love, isn't it?
1: All <laughs> love. All love, love, yes. And it's a lot of labor. Yeah.
0: Appreciate it. Well, guys, before we wrap things up today, uh, some final words. Uh, Obviously, there's a big volleyball match this week between two ranked teams, the Utah and the team down south, BYU. Uh, Any thoughts on that, guys? I think BYU is a little higher ranked than Utah, but uh, should be uh, quite competitive.
2: Uh, Yeah, I I remember I covered that game last year up in the uh – Huntsman Center, and Utah lost a heartbreaker. I think it was a five-setter. It was a really competitive match. Um, this year, they're 18th. They think they have a better team, but BYU's number 12, and it's down in Provo, so it's going to be a tough one for them. But uh, it's good to have two good volleyball programs from the state as usual and they both might be as good as ever this year
0: what do you think Jody could this be a year where uh, we have a local team make some big noise at the NCAAs
2: yeah I mean they're both
1: in good position and uh, I covered a a BYU women's volleyball match last season that is such like if you have not gone to one of those games they are just fun to watch and uh, this should be a a great uh, showdown between the two of them so I'll have to admit that I'm not uh, I haven't been following them too closely but this would be a Good opportunity for all of us to jump on board.
0: Guys, uh, anything else as we uh, gear up for a short week, football-wise? Football games Friday night instead of the traditional Saturday. Mike, you like Friday night games?
2: Um, yeah, when they're high school games. <laughs> uh, no, it's fun. I think it's uh, you know, I think it's better than Thursday. Thursday's just too soon, I think. But I think it'll be great for the youths Like the like coach said the other day, pretty much every team in the nation's watching you because they're in a hotel somewhere, they're watching television, and what what game's on? There's only one one or two college games, if that. And this a nationally televised game, so it's not a great time to to go and lay an egg, you know, for the Utes, because this everybody will be seeing them and saying, is this team as good as they say they are? And so we'll find out if it uh, if it happens. But yeah, cause it's fun to have games that kind of where you get a little more attention than just being in the mix with everybody else. I yeah. left
1: out a little Zach Moss quote from my Utah by five, and he might have given them a little bit of a bulletin board material here. But I, I like his uh, his confidence. He's, he he was asked about the BYU USC game, and he said it's a good little wound for those guys. Speaking of USC. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just going to go ahead and add to that next week. So they're going down there with confidence. I, I like that. And.
2: The only oh. thing that worries me is that we, we were there. I mean, you and Dirk, you and I were there in 2015 when Jody mentioned they were number three in the country. USC was three and three, and they just whipped Utah, you know, 41 yep. to 24. So they don't can't be overconfident, you know, because USC is USC regardless, and and they can certainly give Utah all they can handle this time.
0: Oh, let's just hope they don't uh, what bring a knife to a gunfight, right? They need to back it up, and uh, you know, a quick start might be paramount there, especially you know, I don't know what kind of crowd they're going to have there, but. USC traditionally win, lose, or draw, you know, still gets a crowd. And uh, it's going to be interesting to get downtown Los Angeles at six o'clock on a Friday. So we'll see how that goes. We'll Mike, get there you got early. some good driving. We'll
2: get there early. Yes.
0: Uh, I, I want to leave as soon as we wake up in the morning and uh, head right to the stadium. But uh, folks, appreciate you listening. Just a reminder you can catch the Desert News Insiders podcast wherever fine podcasts are found. We encourage you to do so. I want to thank uh, Jody and Mike for joining us this week. And we will. See you later.